Welcome to everyone tonight. If you are a guest tonight, we welcome you to service tonight. If you're joining us online, wherever you may be watching from, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight as well. Thank you for joining with us. We're honored to our Bishop and Mother Wright tonight. Thankful for them. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. Sound room, if you could please switch me on, I would appreciate it. October the 8th, Saturday. Again, I will gonna, we will finish talking much more in depth about this, but it's going to be Fall Fest doing it at the Pasadena uh, Outreach on that Saturday. We will be joining together as a congregation. That's all of us serving them to provide an opportunity for them to do some outreach and evangelism um, while someone else does a lot of the legwork to make that possible. The next thing, and uh, I've, uh, some of you may already be aware of this, um, and we are promoting it. I, I, I am not, this is not an endorsement, but I think it's worthwhile to promote, and I actually personally intend to attend. I find it in light of what Bishop is doing. Actually, I just skipped a bunch of dates. Wow. Let me get my bearings here. Sunday, October the 9th, uh, Brother Gonzalez is going to be with us. He will be ministering Sunday evening in the Mother Congregation. Uh, this just came about, and so I want to let you know about that. Sunday, Sunday, October 16th, something that has just come together that weekend as well. That Sunday night, Brother David Smith, some of you know who that is, will be ministering in the mother congregation that Sunday night, and it's going to be a Holy Ghost focus for that service. Um, so, encouraging you, we will, we will be providing materials to use to invite people for that service. He's actually going to be ministering in the other congregations as well. He'll be here on that Sunday night with us. And then also, as all of you should be aware of, Call to War coming up in October. So, uh, back to what I was getting ready to get into. Um, there is what's called the Decision America Tour 2016 with Franklin Graham. In light of the direction Bishop has felt and what we're doing as a church, I feel, felt it worthwhile to... Uh, present to you and encourage you to consider going. This is going to be held at Lawyers Mall in Annapolis. That's right across the street from the Capitol building. If you don't know where that is, uh, the Franklin Graham Ministries, whatever, I really do not know a whole lot about them. They are traveling to all 50 states to uh, make these stops for a time of prayer. And so I, I don't know what the prayer will be like. I don't know how intense the prayer will be. I I kind of doubt it'll be some of what we're used to, but it will be praying. And I feel like, again, especially in light of direction we have as a church and what's going on with call to war, it would be worthwhile for the apostolics to make a presence known at this event because we do know how to pray. So. Again, that's October 11th at 12 p.m. This again, it's not. I'm not trying to endorse this. This is not a stamp of approval, but I do think it's something worth considering for us to participate in and pray again for the direction of our nation and what God has for in store for us and seeking His perfect will to be done. If you want to learn more about it, you can just Google Decision America Tour, and there's a website with all the information and details available um, on there. Next thing I want to mention to you, and this is something, I don't know how much we've talked about this uh, in service settings, um, or if it's just more so been in our leadership meetings, but a couple of years ago, I really felt, I've, I've had a burden for several years now for two locations. Two, two burdens I've not, and, and that does, I don't mean I don't have a burden for everyone. I mean two, a burden for two locations that we're not doing a whole lot in. 
put it that way. Uh, one of those locations was Crofton, and the other one is Glen Burnie. And uh, we have talked for a couple of years now in leadership and uh, eld- amongst elders of working to launch, uh, you can go to the next slide, working to launch a, a uh, uh, before all of these changes, what would be kind of a corporate initiated preaching point. And so under the current changes we've made, we are going to be doing this as a congregational uh, effort. It dawned on me uh, several weeks ago after all of these changes were moving along and after it was announced, it didn't even click the first time it was announced, but uh, at some point after it was announced that Antioch West was meeting initially in Crofton Middle School, it finally dawned on me, we now have a congregation, a ministry in Crofton. Um, So I thought it would come about some other way, so... Uh, Very excited about that. And so now what we're looking to do, and uh, we are actively working on this right now as far as a location. The idea is for us as a congregation, and I don't want to get redundant and bore you, but I still am concerned. A lot of folks are still trying to get a hold of new terminology. So if you'll bear with me. But as a, by a congregation, we're not talking about a Sunday morning ministry. As a congregation, we're talking about us. Those of us that meet in this building, especially on most Sunday nights. That's what I mean by congregation. So the idea is rather than a couple of people carrying the weight and responsibility, we would pull our resources together and work together and out of that expect to see God birth what would become a regular Sunday morning ministry. And so the idea is to do this on a Saturday evening. And part of the reason for that is most of you have commitments on Sunday morning. Amen? And you have other commitments throughout the week as well. Ministry as well as natural stuff. So the idea would be that I think every Saturday night we could get at least 15 to 20 people who could join together for a church service and we could go there and together we could work to launch a new ministry. Kind of like the prayer meetings, which I forgot to announce, remind you, we are trying and we tried to get it off the ground last week and with back to school revival was a bit distracted, but we will be doing prayer meetings Saturday evenings at 8 p.m. here in the building either in the chapel or the sanctuary, depending on things that are going on. So if you're able to come at least one Saturday evening out of the month, we are asking you, encouraging you to please do that, to come join together with us for a time of prayer. So similar to this, the idea, the concept would be um, maybe a couple of weeks in a row to have people that would commit for the next three weeks. I'll go to service on Saturday evening. I'll be there. I'll be a part of some outreach. And together, amen, amen, hallelujah. I have yet to determine if we're fighting spirit or flesh. Not being sarcastic. I'm not being smart, Alec. I'm trying hard to figure out if we as a mother congregation are fighting spirit or if we're fighting flesh. I'm not sure which one. The sooner I know, the better, because you don't deal with them the same way. The bottom line is I have made up my mind, and I'm going to do it with the rest of where I'm going this evening and what I feel led. I've finally, I think, made up my mind as of about today that I'm going to push and press with what I feel like God is putting on me because we as a congregation are not just going to sit here idle while everybody else goes off and does great and wonderful things. And I'm not sure, I probably shouldn't talk until I know exactly what we're dealing with, but I don't talk a lot, so every now and then it just happens to start flowing, especially when I'm behind a pulpit. I think we got a little bit that we're dealing with is definitely some flesh, because some of us enjoy our comfort zone, and we don't really want to get out of our comfort zone and our routine. So truth of the matter is we're probably dealing with a little bit of spirit and a little bit of flesh or maybe a lot of spirit and a little bit of flesh or maybe a little spirit and a lot of flesh. Right. 
Brother Wright, I'm already committed to ministry. Yeah, and if it's your ministry, and I don't mean yours in a possessive I mean, if it's what you are doing, what you're called to, then what you're doing ultimately benefits you. And there is a scriptural principle, there is a need that you need to sow into something that does not directly benefit you. That's one reason we give to missions. We give money to missions for a lot of different reasons, and this isn't the top reason, but one of the main reasons is we want to give to something that there is absolutely no natural direct benefit to us. Because there is a great spiritual benefit, because whatever you sow, God says you're going to reap. But I need to do some things that I see no immediate results or benefit from. We've talked about this. We've done this a lot outside of Antioch, but it's more, it's time now more than ever that we do this amongst ourselves. We are one, but we have various places of ministry. And so we're, while we are one body, we actually have a very unique thing here because we have an opportunity to sow into something in one body that's not exactly a part of what you are doing. So, again, back to this idea. So the goal is starting on a Saturday evening, that would be the service time because, again, it won't conflict with what most of us already have commitments for on a Sunday morning. I'll say it again. This, the, the expectation is not for everybody to commit to come every week. But to give some time periodically. And I believe that in a short amount of time, we could see God do something really awesome working together. The significant majority of the population of this county is from here north. There is the, uh, the majority of Anne Arundel County is right here north. And yeah, we've got some, we got Pasadena, we've got Brooklyn Park, but in the heart of Glen Burnie, we don't have anything. So, I, I, as soon as we, again, we are in the process of working, of trying to find a location, trusting and believing that God is going to provide something. And so as soon as we do that, we will start with the logistics of this. But I, I want to get the thought in your mind. As I've said, we've discussed this for a couple of years now, at least in, in, in elders meetings. And I don't, I don't recall how much we've ever touched on it. Uh, in, in a broader setting like this, but uh, this goes back to what I started off with in June, our first split Sunday night, or Thursday night, excuse me, when I uh, used the idea of the, of the Amish barn raising. It's all of us working together. Not all the time, because we got things we have to... That, that, that Amish barn raising, they're not constantly working on somebody else's barn. They got to work on their own barn sometimes. But every now and then you come together, with, join together with others to do something outside of your norm, to create something pretty amazing. And I really believe that God is wanting to do something uh, uh, in this way for a lot of different reasons. First and foremost, for the sake of souls in Glen Burnie. But I also think there's potential for a great benefit of what could it, it could do amongst us as we would join together and invest and sow and labor together to do something that may not directly be affecting us or benefiting us as individuals. Praise God. So I, I want you to log that kind of not too far back. I don't want you to forget about it, but log it back there and kind of keep it in mind. And I would encourage you to... Add it to your prayer, believing that God is going to open some doors, again, not only for location, but also for souls. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I know I just mentioned this. I forgot I had it as a separate slide. But again, in October uh, the 16th, Sunday the 16th, several weeks away, Brother Smith will be here in that Sunday night service. Our focus that night is going to see people being filled with the Excuse me, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God has used Brother Smith greatly uh, around the world, seeing people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He has faith. He has gifting for this. And I believe this is going to be a great night. This is also going to be uh, 
good ways into our prayer and fasting that we're going to be doing for Call to War. And so I am expecting God to do some great things that night. I am encouraging and challenging. We'll do this more in our meetings, but we'll be encouraging and challenging all of our ministries on Sunday morning to, to make an effort for, to put an effort forth to getting people here to that service on Sunday evening, getting folks here that need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I think this is going to be a great opportunity to create some momentum for us and see God do some some wonderful things. Praise God. Amen. Now, we're, we're going to shift gears a little bit uh, in the sense of, I, I don't know that this is about to be teaching per se, I guess in some ways, but again, in the context of it being the mother congregation, just us. And, and I guess really what I'm about to get into some is one of those things that I have determined, made up my mind, I can't get away from it in my spirit, and so we're just going to keep pressing and pushing it and hitting it. So uh, I, I guess I apologize, but don't apologize. The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The Amplified says it this way, For because of him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, Closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied. When each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. Weiss New Testament says it this way. From whom all the body constantly being joined closely together and constantly being knit together through every joint of supply according to the operative energy put forth to the capacity of each part. Now listen to this last part. Makes for increased growth of the body resulting in the building up of itself in the sphere of of love, And lastly, the New Living Translation, he makes the whole body fit, perfectly, fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That is a, that is supposed to be a natural process. When each part gets fitly framed, gets fitly formed together, put in its place, the scripture says the growth of the body is a natural result. We, we, I think we have a little bit of a problem subconsciously or, or under the surface here that, that, is, that is a challenge to us. Because while we, while we realize in, in, in practicality or, or in structure, we realize that we are one body. In terminology, we are one body. I don't know how well, Brother Middleton, we really function as one body. Come here, Brother Spriggs, I'll pick on you. Pick on a young fellow here tonight. Right. Here we have two individuals, right? Two human beings. If he eats very healthy, takes his vitamins, does all the right things, 
How much is that going to impact me? Not much. Help me, none at all. Only way it's going to help me is if he's a happier person because he's healthy and treats me better. But I found most people eat all that really healthy stuff. They're kind of grumpy and grouchy, so I don't know that that's even possible. (laughs) Him taking care of his body is not... The flip side is, if he chooses to be unhealthy and eat junk all the time, never eat anything nutritious, what kind of effect does that have on me? None. Because we are two separate bodies. So as two separate bodies, all of those things done internally do not affect each other. So he can do what he wants to do and I can do what I want to do and that's all well and good. And it doesn't matter. Thank you. We have a problem. We are one body. So what we do affects each other. What we don't do affects each other. If, if we are what we say we are, it then becomes impossible for anybody to function independently. Because you are connected to the body. Oh, hallelujah. That means what happens in Robinwood impacts what happens in Pasadena. That means what happens at Pinewood Village is important to what goes on at Arnold. Hello? I, I, I just, I really believe there, we... I believe it, I said it already, I think I'm coming to the conclusion we're dealing with a little bit of both. I think we're dealing with a little bit of flesh and we're dealing with some spirit. And I know for sure the spirit side does not want us to get in unity and get in step. He doesn't. The fleshly reasons are different, but the spiritual opposition, because he knows, I taught it the first night, we did this split services on a Thursday night. The Lord comes down to the Tower of Babel and says, if I leave them alone, they will do whatever they imagine. Because when they get in unity and set their minds to do it, nothing will be impossible for them to do. So all I need to do is get them speaking a different language. All I need, I don't, I don't need, there doesn't need to be a natural disaster. There doesn't need to be an attack from an army. Just get them speaking a different language. Disrupt the unity and what was now, what was considered to be possible to do whatever they wanted. God doesn't even have to worry about it because if they can't speak the same language, nothing's going to happen. And I believe there is an enemy that we are battling with right now that doesn't want us. To get on the same page and to start marching in step with each other. I'm not talking about controlling, but I am talking about us contributing one to the other. And and, and listen, this thing has got to get beyond just being organized. I got to be honest, I get a little frustrated at times with people that are always upset because of the lack of organized things in certain areas. Thank you, Brother Spriggs. Just do it. Well, I don't have any friends. Well, you ever read what the Bible says? He that hath friends must sit and wait till all new friends come and find him. 
You know, one of the most common, one of the most common tactics of the devil is he gets us isolated and he starts feeding each one of us the same thoughts. I, I, she's not here. I probably wouldn't do it if she was here. Since she's not here, she's probably watching, but there's a buffer. I, I, and this, this, isn't, uh, this isn't fishing. I'm not, this isn't the fish. I'm trying to help somebody. My wife went out of town, had to go out of town this week and traveling home today and made the statement. Wasn't sure whether she was going to make it tonight. Made the statement. And, and, and this was in a moment of frustration, granted, and she acknowledged that, but made the statement. What difference does it make if I'm there or not? Nobody will ask about me. Now, I'm not fishing, and I'm, don't go calling her, because then you... That's not my point. My point is, some of you think. Some of you think. And nobody misses me. Nobody cares. And, you, and, and, and there's people that have position. Who miss and don't feel missed. So he gets us all isolated. Not realizing we're all in our own. You get, you get blamed for part of where I'm going tonight. We're all in our own. Mark this down. You'll see it in a few minutes. We're all in our own separate tents. Thinking about the, thinking the same thing about somebody else across town. They're over there. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. You're over here. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I, I decide. I used to go. I used to go to general conference for our organization. I'd go there and I'd just wait and see who was going to call me and invite me out to dinner. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about VI. I'm talking about just friends. And I would just sit and I'd go sometimes and make up my mind. You know what? If nobody invites me, I ain't going. If I don't have a good enough friend, invite me to dinner, forget it. And I finally made up my mind. You know, that's ridiculous because somebody else is probably doing the same thing I'm doing. Does anybody care about me enough to invite me to dinner? Do I have to initiate? So I just decided instead of giving the devil a place, I just get on my phone and start to, hey, you want to go eat? Hey, what you doing? Hey, you want to hang out? We give the devil all kinds of room. And by the time he gets done, we have isolated ourselves so badly. And we start affecting each other because we're a body. Let me tell you something. You go stub your tiny little toe on the corner of the bed, and it's not just the toe. The whole body, fitly framed, recognizes we have a problem. Oh, 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 ah, oh, not life-threatening. You don't need the hospital. You're not about to die. It's not terminal, but oh, oh, oh. You know what's so amazing? When my toe, oh, Lord, (laughs) I shouldn't go here. When my toe has an issue... My brain does not have to call a meeting to organize assistance for my toe. There is an automatic response. Somehow we've gotten into this mentality that ministry has to always be organized. Instead of realizing, oh, 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 we got a need, we got a problem. What can I do? We need we, we do organized meals for those that get sick or have babies or whatever, and that's needed. But you know what? I wonder how many times we just get reliant upon somebody to organize, do, rather than the body responding. When the body fitly framed, when each part does its job, there are natural results. I don't know about you, but I have got, I got fed up a while ago with trying to manufacture what should be naturally produced. I don't mean naturally produced through flesh. I mean what should be a natural process of the spirit. You sow, you reap. 
you get the body fitly framed with each part supplying what it's supposed to supply, there's going to be natural results. Of course, part of the problem is we let ego get in the way sometimes. And because some positions of the body have a greater ego than others, we're not too content to be fitly framed where we're supposed to be. So we try to function as something we're not. You know what? How weird would I look with a little toe on the side of my head? I, that's, I know that's, that's so ridiculous. But I got a feeling if we could see his spiritual eyes, we'd see some ridiculous looking things sometimes. We got toes trying to be ears and ears trying to be feet. And just be who you are. I, I, I know I... I don't know where he's probably out doing something. That's what he normally does. Something. I, I don't, I, I've talked to Brother Vernell Spriggs Jr. I think he senses there's a call on his life and probably more than what he's done yet. But at the same time, he's found a place where he's fitly framed that contributes. And what it contributes to most of you, you no offense, but you don't really have a grasp on what it contributes. But when you're trying to be responsible for leading a service and you know there's somebody fitly framed in a certain position that is doing their job so that you can do your job, not that one job is more important than the other job, but when everybody does their job, each person can do their job. I know I let that settle for a minute. That just was deep. It actually really was kind of deep. When everybody does their job, everybody can do their job. Part of the problem is when you're trying to do something other than what you're called to do, you're probably getting in somebody else's way from doing what they're called to do. So now they're out of place too. So you get in your place and then they can get in their place and we get the body fitly framed. Each joint supplying to itself or supplying to the body what is needed. And there is a natural result called growth. I'm sorry, but we got, I, I think we got too many people that are trying to operate as artificial limbs. The only way to be detached from the body and it not have a negative effect on you is for you not to be real. If you're artificial, disconnect from the body. No effect on you, no effect on the body. But if you're real, disconnect from the body and the blood stops flowing to you and back to the body and life stops and you are affected and the body is affected. Listen, listen to, listen to this. This First Samuel 4, verse 4. There's some of this that ties into something I preached a couple weeks ago about listening to what the enemy has to say about you because sometimes he's got a better opinion of you than you have about yourself. 1 Samuel 4 verse 4. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts which dwelleth between the cherubims. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were, with, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth rang. Might be something worth preaching there about when the presence of God shows up, what you ought to do. Where'd y'all, where'd y'all go? Presence of God, the ark, the presence of God showed up and all, 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 all. Not some, not if all Israel shouted with a great shout. I'd like to be in one regular service, not a special event, not one regular service where the ark, the presence showed up and all the church shouted, not just shouted, but the earth rang again. It was a great Shout. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, 
What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was coming to the camp. Isn't that amazing? The enemy understood what happened was the presence of God showed up. No wonder the devil doesn't want the presence of God. He knows you got to get the presence out. You can't let the presence show up. So give the, give, give the musicians and the praise singers a bad morning and a bad night, bad night and get them disconnected and disjointed and fighting amongst themselves and get the preacher distracted and get the saints distracted because if we get in one mind and one accord and we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we get into his courts with praise, the enemy knows when God shows up. And the Philistines were afraid. Sorry, we had back to school revival Sunday. I didn't get to preach, so I got to get a little bit of it out here. The Philistines were afraid for they said, the, they, the enemy, the enemy said, God is come into the camp. I don't think that made them do anything for you. That just amazing. That's powerful. The enemy says, wasn't the preacher, wasn't the, wasn't the worship leader. It, the enemy said, God has shown up. And they said, woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Woe unto us, who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. They knew exactly who it was. Be strong and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines. A couple of the other translations say basically fight like you've never fought before. So that you be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men and fight. Get up and fight. Otherwise we're in trouble. That's what's going on with the enemy. This is what the enemy is recognizes. This is what recognizing. This is what the enemy is saying. The presence of God showed up there. And if God's there, that's the same God that delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptian. And if that's that, that same God is there, we've got trouble here. We better fight. We're in trouble. Slight problem. The Philistines started fighting. But Israel was smitten. And they fled every man into his tent. And there was a very great slaughter for there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen. They all decided, we're in a fight. I've got to protect something. So what I'm going to protect is me, mine. And they ran their separate ways to work to fight, to maintain what was theirs, protect what was theirs. And there was a great slaughter. Pulpit commentary says this, Israel fled every man into or better to his tent. Their camp stood them this time in no stead. It was stormed by the Philistines and the whole army fled in confusion. In those days, the Israelites dwelt in tents, and to flee every man to his tent means that they fled away in every direction, each to his own home. It is in this indiscriminate flight that an army suffers most. Do you hear that? It is in this indiscriminate fight, flight, flight, that an army suffers most. As long as men keep together, the loss is comparatively slight. But now, thus utterly broken, there fell of Israel 30,000 footmen, a terrible slaughter. As long as men keep together, the loss is comparatively slight. It's not that there's no loss. It's not that there's no casualties. But when we stick together and fight together, the amount of loss is a lot less than what it is when we simply disperse and scatter. There's trouble. There's opposition. There's an enemy. Let me go make sure. 
that I've got my stuff protected. Rather than joining together, rather than joining forces and saying, we fight together. Rather than every man running, scattering, we stick together. You see, let me read this first. I'm reading a book lately by F.B. Meyer called, the title of it is Samuel. F.B. Meyer has got a number of books on biblical characters and I just came across this and fit well with tonight. Samuel knew that there were two objects which must be realized before Israel's condition could be remedied or the divine ideal realized. First, first, the national unity must be recouped, must be recouped, covered from the anarchy in which should have been overwhelmed. It was useless to think of holding the land, listen, it was useless to think of holding the land against the inroads of the neighboring people so long as each tribe was content with an isolated existence. Repelling its own enemies for a time, but indifferent to the condition of its neighbors and of the country at large. Israel must be one. Animated by a common enthusiasm for his future independence and integrity. Let each tribe be proud of its idiosyncrasy and fulfill its own distinctive mission. But let all be one in asserting the independence and glory of the chosen people. Did, did you hear? I know. Did you, did you hear what that's saying? What, what it's saying is. It's not a matter of every tribe being the same. It's not a matter of all of us being the same. We all have unique things about us. What, 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 what Brother Brown and Sister Brown may do to reach Robin Wood and the areas they're reaching is not going to be the same thing that the bishops do in Deal. What works in one area is not work the same, won't work the same in the other. So it's not a matter of all of us doing the same thing and being, being exactly the same way. No, we each got some uniqueness about us. My body is made up of very different parts. Paul says it, I remember exact ones he uses, but if, if I think he says it this way, if all were the, the, the eye, where were the hearing? The whole body was an ear. Who's going to see? Each part is unique. It's different. But it's fitly framed together. Let all be one in asserting the independence and glory of the chosen people. You see, the problem is this. There's always a voice. 2 Samuel 20 and 1 says this, And there happened to be there a man of Belial, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri of Benjamite, and he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. There, there's some turmoil that's going on with the children of Israel. There's some issues that are taking place, political issues, I guess, if you will, that are taking place. And the voice rises up, and this is the instruction. This is the encouragement of the voice. Every man to what? His tents. Every man. Let me tell you something. God's solution is never disbursement. God's answer for us as the body is never disbursement. It's coming together. And the voice rises up and says, every man to his own tent. The Young's literal translation, listen to what it says, the first part. And there hath, there hath been called there a man of worthlessness. King James says there happened to be there a man of Belial, but Young's literal, literal translation, there a man of worthlessness. 
It is the voice of worthlessness that tries to get us to scatter to our own tents. It is the voice of worthlessness that encourages us to go our separate ways. It's the voice of worthlessness that says, I'll take care of mine, you take care of yours. I'll figure out mine, you figure out yours. I'll deal with my stuff, you deal with your stuff. That's the voice of worthlessness. But the voice of the Spirit says, how can I help you with your stuff? And when I ask you how I can help you with your stuff, I'm not trying to bait you so you'll respond and ask me. Because when I'm truly motivated by the Spirit, I recognize if I'll just simply be a conduit, there are some things that in the process of God flowing through me to help somebody else, God will automatically do for me. I think there are some times you got to stop and you got to get help. You got to, you need some guidance. You need somebody. But, but we, we've gotten, I think there's too many of us. We blame the world. We, we accuse the world, but I think it's gotten in the church. We've got into a victim mentality. Nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Nobody. That is an accusation. Accusation doesn't come from God. Accusation comes with the voice of the accuser, and the voice of the accuser doesn't know how to tell the truth. Fitly frame, fitly join. Not just my tent, not just my house, not just my ministry, whether that's a, a, a Sunday morning ministry level or a care group or whatever. Sorry, if we are a body, as the scripture says we are, your care group can't operate separate and independent and be successful without affecting the body and the body affecting you. You can't operate in some capsule somewhere where there is no effects. Oh, Jesus. Fitly framed. Natural result. See, I, I know and, and I, I, I realize there's some things we're trying to do. Said it to you back in June and I'm going to keep saying it. There's some things we're trying to do as a congregation to facilitate and to fo- foster us not running to our own tents. But as I've already said, you don't have to sit, awa- sit around and wait for the announcement to come over the pulpit. You don't have to wait for the organized initiative or effort for you to go to somebody else and say, Hey, what's going on in your tent? How can I help you in your tent? How can I be... I, 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 This is not ours. This is not mine. It's his. I can't take ownership of what belongs to him. So therefore, because I don't own anything, I don't have anything to lose. If I let you help me, then you may get the credit and the glory and then people are going to, you know, take their eyes off of me. Their eyes ought to be on him anyway. I want, I'm not, we're not done because I, we're, I'm not setting you up here tonight. I'm doing what I feel to do, but we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're, we're going, we're going to get practical here in a moment before we get finished here tonight. And I'm about done. I, I want us to just take a moment here right now. I, I've, I've already said it. And again, I, I think I've answered my own question as I've been teaching here, talking here tonight, I think there's probably a combination that we're, we're, we're fighting some spirit and we're fighting some flesh. I, I, am, I am 
convinced, and until somebody corrects me that I am wrong, which I'd be happy to be corrected because it'd be easier in some ways, but until somebody convinces me otherwise, we've made progress in the last several months. But there's still something, still a little bit of something that's bumping up against us. Something broke, Brother Middleton, that Thursday night. We had that prayer. Something changed that night. There's still a little bit of something that's trying to get us to stay in our own tents. Our own, our own, our own deal. Some of that on a Sunday morning ministry level, some of that beyond that. Just, let's just take a moment. You're all mature enough to know what to pray, how to pray. <laughs> Father, I come before you tonight. By the power of your spirit, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, the adversary knows just as well and maybe to a degree even better that we know the power of us being in one mind and one accord. The potential of what happens when your people get in one mind and one accord. So there is, it is apparent, it is obvious why he would work to fight, to hinder us, resist us, try to cause us to scatter. But I pray tonight, Father, by the power of your spirit, that every weapon... Every weapon of the enemy, Lord, that would be sent to cause, to try to cause us to run to our own tents, those weapons would be defeated in the name of Jesus. God, if our flesh, if our own flesh is what's in the way, then help us to find a fresh place of submission and surrender. Because this isn't ours, it doesn't belong to us, it's yours, God. I pray that you would help us tonight, Lord. We believe you for victory over spiritual opposition. We also believe you for grace to bring us to a place of submission and surrender. You might be able to accomplish through us individually, but more so collectively, what you desire. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I take dominion and authority, God, over every voice of the enemy. Every voice of encouragement to get us to run to our own tents. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By the power of your spirit, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. One of, I believe, one of the ways. Somebody, where did I hear it? Recently, was it service here? May have been service here. I can't remember. Somebody help me if you were there and remember. Somebody said something recently along the lines of at some point, you got to do something besides just pray. You got to do something. You got to get up and do something. And, and I, I believe it's twofold. I, I believe by the help of God, trying to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. There's some things that we got to talk about. There's some things that have to be addressed. But then there comes a point you got to do something. You, you got to have something to rally around. Because by rallying around some stuff, you end up getting some of the, the benefits and the consequences of what you're trying to get in a positive sense. Hallelujah. So, I've announced this several weeks now. Mentioned it several times at least. Communicated it. You put that... Last slide up there, please. And as I've already mentioned this evening, October the 8th, Saturday, October the 8th, not the 18th, that is a typo, October the 8th. At 2 p.m. is the official start time 
the Pasadena uh, outreach. Uh, I keep wanting to say congregation even after three months. I still can't bring myself to say daughter work. I'm, so this, the Pasadena ministry um, have accepted the offer of a, of a fall fest, and we're going to be doing that as a congregation. Not Arnold, a congregation. We did a sign-up a couple of weeks ago, and some of you signed up. We appreciate that. We are still in need of some help. This is several weeks away, so we've got some time. So what we're about to do is, I'm going to read through this list, and then we're going to come back through. Sister Trish is prepared to take names, and I'm going to ask for some volunteers. No sign-ups tonight to come and sign, but we're going to get some volunteers. This is going to be, I believe, a great day to impact the Pasadena ministry, first and foremost. The other thing I know that happens with stuff like this is the camaraderie that comes from working together and supporting each other is an awesome benefit as well. So you will notice it says from 12 to 5, because if you will commit to help, then basically we're looking at about a 12 to 5 range of time. The event starts at 2 o'clock. That's when it'll kick off is at 2 but the pre- preparation set up and serving and then the cleanup, we're looking at about 12 to 5 p.m. So we are in need of four grills and three grill masters. We've got one grill master already. If you're not a, sure you're a grill master, but you're used to grilling, we'll take you. And then we'll decide afterwards if you're a grill master or not. We're in need of eight people that can help with serving food and drinks that will be, it can help serving food and drinks. This, the food, the drinks, all of that will be, we will take care of providing that, the purchasing of that. None of that will be on you. We simply need people that are willing to help serve and do this. We are in need of four people. We have, uh, I think Sister Height may be. We've got somebody that's organizing this, but we need four people that would be willing to help uh, with overseeing pumpkin painting and um, also picking another craft for the children. Uh, we need three people. Maybe it was this one. Sorry. We need three people who can help with kids games. Again, we have somebody that's organizing this part, but we need some helpers. We need two people to help us with uh, the table that's going to be distributing prizes for the kids. And then lastly, we need three adults uh, that can help us with adult games. This one as well. We have somebody actually doing the organizing, but we need helpers. And so we're going to go back through this, I believe, very quickly because all of you are ready to come out of your tent and join together with somebody else's tent. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So I see anybody can bring some grills. Anybody got a grill you can bless us with that day. We've got one grill. I got. Okay, let's do the grills first and then we'll get the, I got one, Sister um, Horton, I think that is, Sister Murphy, and then I think that guy in there, his name is Shane, I think. <laughs> so those are, uh, I'll take those three grills for now. Uh, worst case, I'll bring my grill. You got a grill? Brother Marty's got a grill, okay. Brother Marty. I still haven't gotten his last name pronounced properly, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> so, all right, we got the grills. Great. Saturday. October the 8th is a Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Now I need, uh, I guess, two more grill masters. That's definitely a grill. All right. Brother Enoch Evans. Brother Middleton. Brother Evans. Um, you know what? We got, we got three. We'll, we'll, let's, we'll go for that for now. That's, that's, uh, that's some serious grill masters there. I got a feeling they can. All right, you're willing to help serve the food, help serve the drinks. I need eight people. Oh, hallelujah. Here we go. Let's, let's see. Sister Dolores, Sister Christine, Sister Carrie, Sister Kim McGurk, Sister Beth Evans. Oh, God. Brother and Sister uh, Martinez, right? <laughs> How many is that? Sister Jesse Blanchett is number eight. Hallelujah. This is awesome. Kids craft. Four people again. Someone's organizing. We need you to help overseeing it. You sure you're qualified for that, Sister Tracy? I don't, I don't know about that. You're just a school teacher. I don't know if you can handle that. Sister Ellen Berger. 
Linda, Emily. Oh God, I, I'm gonna. Hopefully, I'm gonna forget somebody I really know. So if I don't really know you, you'll be offended. You won't be offended. Sister Lowenheim. I think that was our four. All right, three people that will help with kids' game. Those were kids' crafts. These are kids' game. Again, somebody's organizing. We just need helpers. Three people for kids' games. Ah, we're rolling. Don't stop now. Timothy Wright, Kim Guckian, and Kevin Breckenridge. I need two people that'll help with the prize table. This is taking tickets to. Uh, we brought Sister Gross, Sister Middleton. Sister Mary, <laughs> that was three, right? And that's what we needed. Two, and we got three. So, all right. And then three people to help with adult games. Adult games. Sister Tashir, Sister Rachel, Sister Liz. Man, that was too easy. What's the next event? Let's see if we can get a few more. <laughs> Praise God. This is going to be a great day, again, impacting not only the community and being a blessing, but also wonderful thing about this, some of you are going to spend time with people you don't know, that you haven't had a chance to spend time with, and you're going to make some new connections. It's going to be a wonderful thing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see doors opening. I see people walking away from tents. Stand, please. Do not go into cardiac arrest. We don't have the means to help you. It's only 8.30. I remind you, in case some of you remember, I'm sure some of you do, as I said, when we do these Thursday nights, we are not necessarily doing the ministry meetings every single month. So I haven't forgotten that, but we're not doing that every single month. Tonight is one of those nights we're just stayed together. Praise God. Amen. You know what? I, I, I want to do this. Um, I, I, sometimes stuff like this isn't smart, but I want to do this. I've, I've actually polled a couple of people already. I, I really want, and part of what we, I've done these these nights on this service is part of what we're supposed to do. But it is my desire for this night, this split congregation night, where it's just mother congregation, I want it to be as effective and beneficial to us as a congregation as possible. So obviously I'm praying about that. I'm seeking God for direction. But if you have some ideas, if you have some input about things you think this night of the month, this Thursday night when it's mother congregation... If there's some ideas of things you think we could do to better impact us, help us, equip us as a congregation, would you please share those? Email would be the simplest way, but if you want to talk to me, stop me, fine. Email is great because then that creates a record of what was uh, of, of the idea, and I don't have to try to remember it all because I'm getting older, you know, and... So uh, anyway, but I, I mean that sincerely. I've been praying about this and I've been talking to some people. I, I know this is different than what we're used to. I understand that. But I think there's really a lot of great potential each month for this night. I trust that so far what we've done has been beneficial, but I, I want it to be as beneficial as possible. And so if you have an idea, suggestion, please share um, and and. Uh, I'd, I'd be happy to hear your thoughts and ideas of how we can do everything possible to make this night impactful for us as a congregation. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for the opportunity that you have given each one of us to be a part of your work and your kingdom. Each of the, the roles and responsibilities that you have given us. I pray, God, that you would continue by your spirit to fitly frame us together one body contributing God to each other, not only contributing to the specific individual ministry or ministries that you've called us to, but God contributing to each other, being a blessing and a benefit to each other. Help us, God. This is your church. This is your body. It's your kingdom that you have privileged us, privileged us to be a part of. We trust in you. 
Father, I pray tonight your blessings upon every ministry this coming Sunday, Sunday morning in our various locations. God, that there would be a divine work and move of your spirit. I pray your blessings and anointing upon every elder tonight, that you would give them clarity of direction, anoint them, God, to lead, to speak your word, that your spirit might be able to work and move in our midst and do everything that you desire to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I, especially since there's some informative stuff, I would encourage you, if you're interested, to send me an email if you would like the notes. I'd be happy to share the file from tonight so you have this stuff yourself. Yes. Yes, sir. Just need to be there at 1130. We'll have everything there ready to go. Yes, sir.